Thanksgiving begins a very special time of the year for us. It's the time of peace and reflection and of getting ready for the new year. One thing we should all be thankful for is that we live in America, where we have the freedom to change things and the opportunity to... Welcome to the Drunk Turkey Show. Starring Big Blue. Okay, can I say hi, Kim? Hi, hi. Oh, I love you. You are just like a giant... Lady, Lady Liberty just squirted in my face. Say, when you do drink with a straw, the myth is you get more drunk because you get more air mixed in. Hi, Maggie. You know how the, the, the fans going like this? It goes, ooh, yeah. when it hits my butthole. Last time I went to Mexico, uh, I, I stopped by a little stand and the lady had gloves. I was like, uh uh-uh, uh, lady, take off those gloves. I need that shit. Yeah. It wasn't. It's like beer so you can feel good and like, like it tastes good. What the hell's the <laughs> point of this? <laughs> And Daniel J. I got a friend named John Martinez who's not allowed in the library. Yo puede hablar español cuando yo tomando. You look very handsome tonight, LJ. Every day, it's everyday thing. I got to wake up because it's excellent. Y'all watch them every Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays. I get to see them every day. They get to see those chicks every day. What's on his face? And the other one. It still sucks. This is Phil J. Pride, and you're listening to the Drunken Turkey Show. You're one stop for this sort of thing. Hit that button, like, and subscribe. You know what to do, just like every other podcast. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Drunk Turkey Show. I'm your host, Daniel J. Alongside with me is Big Blue. How you doing, Blue? Doing good. I'm doing good, man. Uh, just wanted to bring this up before we get started. Uh, everybody says it's a copycat, but if it's not, well, let's let's prove that it's it's the right person. That's true. That's true too. Papa Roger in the house. Uh, yeah, yeah. Also, I want to bring fish you caught. Yeah, yeah, out. yeah. I want to know about that fish you caught too. Uh, <laughs> Truth and transparency comes in with a nine ninety nine super chat. A good friend of the show. She goes, "This is for the infant size aviators to match daddy." Uh, my wife actually has gotten some of those already, but I thank you for the donation. Um, as soon as she's a little bit bigger, I'll be bringing her on the show and, and show her off to you guys. Um, but I appreciate that. Uh, Lena, who also knows who Dave is and has uh, interviewed Dave, uh, is um, is in the building. I want to hashtag brave Dave 199 Meg P. Thank you so much. Now, uh, I do want to premise this. We're going to be keeping an eye on the on the live chat. Anybody get out of control, you'll be blocked. You know, it is what it is. Um, turn gift mode on. I thought it was on. Uh, I could be wrong. But I'm not sure how to do it all right here, right now. But I thought it was on. I've seen people get gifts out there. Ah, oh, there it is. He found it. It, it worked. Thank you so much. Uh, so, a little bit of a um, little bit of background, real quick. Uh, we have Dave. He's in the green room. He's going to be coming out. He is a, a guy that reached out to us um, after we spoke to Kim uh, early last week. And um, long story short, he listened to what Kim had to say, and you know felt the need that maybe perhaps he, you know there was some certain things that were being said that. He didn't really realize until she was saying them 
and thought it would be time to come forward. I have vetted who he is. Um, he has sent me his his ID, and I've been able to locate him through you know the uh, fraternity that he is associated with. So he is who he says he is. Uh, he's also been talking with Lena from Truth and Transparency. I had an interview with him that we did record, and um, I did have a couple of other creators see that video. Publicly Buzz is one of them. They talked about his credibility and, and things of that nature. And, um, you know, we want to first say thank you, Dave, and commend you on your bravery for, for coming forward. Um, his name is not Dave. That is a name that I personally came up with. So all those people are like, oh, where did Dave come from? Me, myself, and I, I said that we're going to call him Dave just because, you know, some of the information that he gave me, I felt that it was important to keep his, his confidentiality. Uh, Derek Johnson, 1999 uh, for the baby turkey. Thank you so much. We appreciate that. We really do. Thank you all. And thank you to our moderators. Uh, we're going to need you guys there. So without further ado, let's, let's bring Dave into the uh, conversation. Hi, how you doing, Dave? Hey, man. Doing all right. How you guys doing? Doing well. Doing well. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, yeah thanks for having me. I enjoy your restaurants every once in a while. Your daughter Wendy's doing really well. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, big So um, we spoke. Um, we spoke a little bit. You know, last week you've uh, you've come out on TNT with uh, Truth and Transparency with Lena. Great interview. I, I was in the live chat watching that. Um, there was a couple of questions, you know, from folks that you know they were wanting, I guess, answered and. And the first one is that I guess people just don't understand is, is um, one, have you been following the Coburger case online as has been something that you've been following on YouTube, watching creators? Is it something that's new? And what kind of turned you on to truth and transparency and to also the Drunk Turkey Show? Thank you, Angel D. Yeah, so um, basically, it, you know, Dan, I, I told you, you know, I was kind of close to some specific stuff that happened. Um, right. And when it did happen, I started looking into, you know, uh, the, the two individuals. And I ended up watching um, basically like the body cam video of, uh, you know, like her DUI. And then it kind of led me down like a little rabbit hole. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. I was just kind of like up late night, uh, up late one night. And just kind of stumbled across, you know, I think it was uh, Lana's channel first, and then I found, like, your channel. And because I didn't realize that a lot of people were um, trying to, like, look into her as a part of, like, the four murders. And then I you know, just kind of started just seeing what, like, you guys were talking about and, like, the videos you were posting. And um, YouTube were the first that I saw. And honestly, I just kind of felt like you guys were the ones I should come talk to, you know? Right. Um, you know, it's still, like, I'm, I'm nervous as hell right now, still, you know, I mean, yeah, it's, uh, it's tough, kind of, you know, still doing this no matter what, but, um, I don't know, just something told me, like, I, like, and especially, like, after watching, you know, a couple of the videos you guys put out, it, it just didn't seem like you guys were, like, the cloud chasers or trying to call everyone liars or, you know, exploit the situation for your own, like, personal benefit, you know? Um, right. Yeah, so I, um, yeah, that was just kind of like my path and my journey. I just kind of ended up stumbling across it. And then I saw the video where WS Ken came on, um, heard what she had to say, 
And, you know, like I said before, it just kind of like opened my eyes, you know, um, like I was telling Lana, you know, a lot of us are with each other 99.9% of the time. We hardly ever talk to our parents, <laughs> you know, maybe a couple of text messages, phone call once a week, you know, that type of stuff. So we, we think everybody knows what we know. And, um, you know, just like that, especially just kind of like opened my eyes to like, holy crap, you know, I didn't realize like the whole rest of the world doesn't know that like so many of us knew and how we knew and like what happened, how the information got relayed, you know, like so casually through like Snapchat, um, you know, just, just different stuff like that. Just starts making you wonder, starts making you ask questions. And then, um, yeah, just kind of like started looking, started watching and then I reached out. Got you. Got you. Thank you. Thank you so much for reaching out. And then, yeah, of course, yeah, we're, thank you, man. you know, our, our deal here is when it comes to, you know, somebody that does want to come forward, who is a little bit nervous or, or uncomfortable with their identity, things of that nature, we're not going to force anything or force any questions. When something comes across that you're uh, uncomfortable answering uh, for whatever reason, uh, you don't have to give us one. The folks in the live chat don't deserve one. It's you know, keep that completely up to yourself and just say, hey, I'm not comfortable or I don't know that question. And so uh, you mentioned that uh, early that morning. Of course, of course. You mentioned early that morning that you had, you know, morning of November 13th. This is the uh, after the incident had occurred. The incident occurred in the evening or in the night between uh, November 12th going into November 13th, you know, around 4, 4.30 in the morning. Uh, you mentioned that around 9.30, mm -hmm. you had seen some chats going through referencing what had possibly occurred. Were all of those chats on Snapchat? Yeah, uh, all all the ones that I can remember were Snapchat. Um, I, I might have had like one or two super close friends like directly text me. Uh huh. Um, you know, and then like my mom when she reached out, she ended up texting me to like my phone number. Um, yeah. but we were all because that's where all of our group chats are, and so right. um, it's just easier to talk to everybody all at once. And so yeah, it was just all through Snapchat. And. Without giving names, like some of the the information was coming from a certain group. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, basically, yeah. And so, um, and we can speculate that it was majority of the information came from the sorority, or it's, at least was tied to the sorority, the Beta Pi Phi. Is that correct? Uh, Pi Beta Phi, yeah. Oh, sorry yeah. about that. I got dyslexia. Things get back. No, no, it's all good. <laughs> and so um, they, they drill it into us. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. I, I've seen a few of them, and I was like, man, those are some of those are the same, and so are very close and similar. They're just different backwards. Every time they say the name, I don't think it's pie. Yep. Right, right, and so. Your initial thought when you saw those messages, did you or was anybody aware that the police were not informed at that time or was y'all assumption that the police were already informed? Um, it wasn't really anything that we like immediately thought of. Yeah, you just kind of make the assumption that if something like that happened and you heard about it, then there's stops there or it's being taken care of or if you know about it then other people must know about it too right so um okay. yeah no it just it didn't really yeah, like if we heard about that we're not like wondering if the cops are called i guess i i don't know how to describe it it just didn't 
you know, like, like I was telling a lot, we were just so enveloped, like, that it happened, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I would I would assume most of us, we get a message, be like, okay, uh, something bad happened, somebody else is taking care of it. That's, that's always my... Well, you would also... You'd also assume that if, if information is getting out to multiple people, that that information has also gone out to the police. You go, you know what I mean? I I, I agree with that. I, I would assume that that would have been the case as well. Or or like their parents or something. I mean, I would assume kids would also tell their parents, "Oh my God, mom, like this just happened." You know, I yeah, I I, I, I don't know. Um, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. And so. Um, were the names of the people who were whose lives were taken in those chat, or was it just um, something that was like it was known that something horrible had happened? Um, there were a couple that were thrown around, but it was like we didn't know for sure, you know. Um, but we knew it was at that house where those girls lived. We just at the time didn't know like what girls or how many, um, you know, like that type of stuff. Got you. So there was just a, uh, the rumor was, and initially the rumor was uh, by, you know, the, the situation had been by a knife, right? And then it changed a couple times. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, yeah. It was, it was stabbing at the very beginning because I remember like scrolling all the way back up to the top whenever I opened up the group chat and it shows you like the most recent stuff, you know, and you're just like, oh, okay, there's something serious going on. So, you know, scroll all the way back up. And then it went from, you know, stabbing, scroll, you know, like a little bit, and then it went straight to OD, and then everyone's talking about the OD. Right. And and then, I know you mentioned and the latest really... mm -hmm. Go ahead, I'm sorry about that. Oh, I was just going to say, and then it didn't go back to stabbing until um, the information came out later from Lucky the University and the police department. Now, when... Rumors, or when the police came out that this was a targeted event and the, um, um, they came out that they weren't sure if one of the persons or the people were targeted or if it was the house itself that was targeted, did anybody come up with a theory as to what that meant or, or knew what that meant? No, we couldn't figure out really any good reason that kind of like made sense of what happened or why it happened. Um, you know, like like I, like I was saying to Lana, um, you know, it's it's like like we thought it was like a Ted Bundy type thing, like um, you know, we just thought our small random town was just this weird, you know, host of this horrible event, and we didn't know if it was going to keep going or if they, you know, got the one guy or all the guys or the right guy or you know, um. Because they didn't tell us a lot for a lot of things um, for a while, and uh, now I was you going... know when all the BS and crap came out, we just unplugged, you know. So, right. you know, real quick, thank you, Doctor, with your forty nine ninety nine super chat. Says hello, Daniel. Congratulations on the new baby. Hi, Big Blue, Dave. Thank you for your courage. Sending love and prayers. Stay strong. Um, you know, I went back and I was looking through um, one of the Facebook groups that's out there referencing this case. And they were talking about stuff that was coming out early on in this case. And one of the things that came out was that um, that somebody had seen the person inside the house that committed this crime. Did you ever hear that rumor that somebody in the house, one of the surviving witnesses, saw the killer in the house 
um, at some point? No, not from not from anybody. That like we were talking to immediately about it. We heard that later when it came out, like the news and stuff. Got you. All right, cool. That's that's good to know. That's one thing that I had wanted to know. And um, you know, you've sent me pictures of where your fraternity room house is compared to relative to this home, uh, the eleven twenty two Kimura mm-hmm. residence, and it's fairly close. And one one thing that kind of surprised me a lot was the fact that you had mentioned to me in the interview that police never interviewed you yourself or any of the fraternity brothers that you have from that house. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, that's correct. They didn't talk to us. Didn't even search our trash. Um, you know, cause we have dumpsters like, like commercial sized dumpsters on our property. Each fraternity uh-huh. and sorority does. And there he's like, you can just walk up to it and put things in it super easily. They, they didn't even come up and check those. Dang, that's insane. And you mm-hmm. said that you'd seen, you know, law enforcement presence throughout town. Um, and had even mentioned maybe perhaps, I know that I've gotten this in my comment section a bit, that law enforcement may have been staying on campus. Is that correct? Yeah, they were. They were housed in Targi Hall. Like specifically, that's the building that they were in. Um, there's like a couple parallel parking spots that are right in front of that building on the street. And there would always be like ISP cars and blacked out chargers and like SUVs and stuff there. Did it look like they were investigating somebody in the University of Idaho or the school itself? You never really saw anybody come in or out. The only time I ever saw them was like if I stayed up until like two or three o'clock in the morning and then you'd see them kind of leave, maybe get in their cars and like drive somewhere else or go to the house and do stuff there. Um, they were like super secretive about like everything that they did. We just knew they were there because they have all their cars parked out front, and that's one of like the unused, um, like student housing buildings on campus. So they just threw them in there. Gotcha, and that makes sense. You know, out here in in Texas, we have a, a border situation, and you know we have a lot of law enforcement coming across all over the state of Texas, and they're staying in random places, whether you know hotels. If those are full, then they'll stay in college dorms and things of that nature, and so. It's not uncommon for law enforcement to utilize what you know housing when they are have it available. Blue, do you have a question? I was gonna say they even built like a little mini base out there in Del Rio. Yeah, RV trailers and gated entrance and everything. So, one question that comes up quite a bit was: Was the FBI there before the incident, or was that something that you had noticed after the incident? As far as law enforcement, no, they 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 all showed up after. Okay, good. Good to know. Uh, and during before all this happened, was the police force big there, or was it like a small force? Like you would see. No, we've like, always had a small cop force of one to two dozen, maybe cops total, and like any given moment, there's maybe half a dozen or a dozen working. Yeah. Okay. And so. Um, you know, in our conversation, another thing that kind of um, stuck out to me, so to speak, was um, that you knew or, or one or all of those boys that got pulled over for the MIP and mm-hmm. that they had gone back the next morning to locate an item in the grassy area between 9 and 930. Uh, right. Can you describe to to us what, what who they saw out there and when when did you first hear that information? 
Um, I first heard that back in the fall. Um, I don't remember when it was towards. It was like the end, near the end of the semester. I can't remember if we were in school or out of school or not. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, I remember hearing that a little while ago. And yeah, they basically said um, two of them went back and uh, you know went to go walk down the hill um, to go look for the object that they dropped in the grass. And um, yeah, they basically just like looked up and across the street. Um, that's when they saw you know the guy dressed in all black. Um, you know, had his uh, he described like he had his like arms in his hoodie and had his like shoulders like high up and hunched like while he was walking. You know, like kind of like just really like hunched over. You know, um, yeah. he wasn't like squatted down and hunched, like crouched or anything weird. He was just like walking, but like the way he was walking was what they were talking about um, when he was like hunched. Uh, and yeah, he was just like dressed head to toe, and um, he said like he ended up like looking up and he made eye contact with him. Um, and yeah, he just got like a super strange feeling, and the guy just had this like real cold like just like just weird stare that came back at him and he said it like freaked him out and um yeah that's you know basically he just grabbed his stuff and walked back up the hill um and so this really encounter happened and that encounter happened in the grass yeah so they they were at the bottom of the hill um okay because that's that's where the cop like hit him with the light it was like right after they crossed the road and it's flat for a ways like probably like the width of a football field is what it's flat for. And then it goes like up, like pretty steep to where the houses are. Uh-huh. Um, and so the, the cops hit them whenever they were like on the flat part of the field, like, a, I don't know, a decent ways in. And so they, they had to walk like a little bit far kind of back to the road to go get it. Um, yeah. And then that's when they looked up, you know, they saw the guy and, you know, he had apparently like a thick brow, um, you know, like a big nose and just like this, you know, this rough stare, you know, um, he said it like, he said it was just like really cold and just like freaked him out. That's, that's the word he used specifically it was like a freaky stare, like cold, freaky stare. And he said this before Brian Kovacar was arrested, right? Um, when he told everybody this, yeah, I believe, I believe it was, when was Cooper arrested again? I, uh, it was remember. like right around January 1st, December 31st, somewhere around there. It was well after the semester was over. You know, then I might, I might be flip-flopped. Um, yeah, I, I can't quite remember. Um, the first time he told me was a very long time ago. And I, you know, like a lot of the other stuff too, you just kind of like hear it and just put it to the back of your head. And it was only whenever I... Asked him again a couple of days ago after you and I talked, Daniel, that I like got him to tell me all the details again about like what he saw, how he saw it, if anybody talked to him, you know, um, that type of stuff. So, gotcha, understood. And um, did he has he said since you know then if if he recognized that it was Koberger, did he uh, say that you know since Koberger's arrest, like hey, it looked a lot like that guy, or it wasn't him, but it was another guy, anything like that? He. he yeah, he said it looked it looked just like that guy. Like he like he's like, dude, like that's like the guy. Like that's that's what he like kept saying over and over. I was like, Are you sure? And then he like like the stuff he described and like the look he gave me and then he's like, dude, like the stare, you know, like his face, he and he just kept like saying like that's it was the guy, it had to be the guy, you know. 
Right. Okay. Well, that's good to know because I mean a lot, of, a lot of rumors have been coming out about whether or not it is Spielberg I, or not. Yeah, and uh, you know, I mean, I, I understand it's like not provable, but for for what it's worth, like that's what he said. Um, I definitely don't think he's the type of guy to like come on and tell the story himself. Um, and he's the one that I mentioned that I was like texting a lot about it, and then he just kind of like stopped texting me over the course of a couple of days. He just left me undelivered. <laughs> so you know, I don't know. Only do so much, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes, especially you know, younger, you know, kids uh, or students, they don't want to get too involved. They they fear that it might affect their schooling, it might affect them legally, things of that nature. And so, we understand that aspect. Um, and these kids told you, I refer to them as kids, but they're young adults. These guys told you that. Uh, Police have never talked to him outside of that night that they got pulled over. That was the only time that they've had any contact with police. And it had obviously nothing to do with the incident that was before. Yeah, I mean, although they didn't have anything to do with it, you know, they were like near the area around the time and all that. And they, you know, he, he said that they never got talked to. None of the three of them. Um, you know, they didn't like they didn't come to the house like later on afterwards, trying to ask questions later after nothing like that. So, got you. And um, so, <clears throat> I know that you have mentioned <clears throat> that you had known, you know, uh, some of the folks that have lived at that house. You know, whether or not you how close you were, yeah. we won't discuss that. Um, but you've known other people that have lived <clears throat> at that house. Have you yourself been inside that house? Yeah, yeah, I have quite a few times. Okay. Now, so you're familiar with the layout of the house? Yeah, yeah, for the most part. Um, you know, I mean, the, the majority of the time we just hung out in the common areas, but I remember roughly where almost all the bedrooms are. Yeah, I remember where all the bedrooms are, like the bathrooms, the laundry room. Um, yeah. Would it be difficult for somebody to navigate through that house? if they weren't familiar with that house, given the size of it or maybe the items that they may have yeah. had. Yeah. Cause it's kind of a weird build on the inside. Like on the outside, it looks kind of funky, but on the inside too, you definitely can tell. Mm -hmm. um, they kind of like did what they could to like squeeze a bunch of like rooms in there and maximize on the space of the place. So like there's like whenever you walk in um, on the main floor and you open up like that front door, you're just, you just see like a bunch of doors all around you and then there's a staircase. So like you pretty much have to kind of like guess on which door is the bathroom. And even, <laughs> I mean, even whenever, um, whenever, you know, you get told where the bathroom is, it's a good chance that you like fuck up on which door it is. <laughs> um, so, um, but, like, like some of the doors, they kind of look like they're like closets or bathrooms and they're bedrooms, you know? So it's kind of, so I, that was a question that I had. Dylan's bedroom door was right there at the um, where the staircase is. I'm fairly positive uh, many people have passed by that bedroom door if they're going from the common areas uh, just because they have to go from the kitchen to the, that second floor living room and pass it. Would you have thought that that was also a closet door or is that obviously a bedroom door? Yeah, for a while I did not know that that was a bedroom. Gotcha. Okay. Like I know a lot of us didn't didn't actually know that that house held six people for the longest time because a lot of the bedrooms you can't tell are bedrooms. Right. 
And are you are you talking about the one that's um on the same floor that's like adjacent to like it's on the wall that's next to the living room? Um, it's on the second about that floor. Are you talking about the one down the hall? Because there's that's where the two are on the middle floor. I'm talking about the one that's closest to the kitchen, near the staircase, going up. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, that one. That I, if we're talking about the right one, that one especially we thought was a closet. Got you. And um, were the doors yeah. commonly left unlocked, to your knowledge? Uh, like at, at the residence? Yeah. yeah. I mean, everybody pretty much, I mean, before all this happened, everybody left their doors unlocked. Got you. And what was the primary means of entry into that house? Did everybody go through the front door or was it through the back sliding glass door? Uh, yeah, the front door for the most part. Um, it was kind of tough to get like up and around the back. So look, usually you just go up through the front and go up the stairs, walk through the living room, walk through the kitchen and the little like dining room area, and then just out the sliding glass door. Gotcha. Do you well, know? Question, oh, uh, go ahead, Blue. Uh, did you know if that sliding door actually locked? That's my question. <laughs> I don't remember. Like, I, I mean, whenever, every time we were there, it was always like parties and, you know, kickbacks and stuff. So we were always like in and out and stuff. But, um, I mean, even if it could lock, it probably wasn't locked. Uh, you know? And on, on the kickback, this is, this is just a regular question, but what drinks would they enjoy? I like to drink. So what drinks would they enjoy? Wine, whiskey, beer, or the keggers all the time, or is it uh, a new? Uh, it uh, really depends. I I didn't know them personally well enough to like know what like alcohol they like uh -huh. to drink. But uh, you go off campus because like on campus you can't have kegs and you can't have hard alcohol, but you can have beer. So like what we usually do is we go off campus to go you know like drink hard a pretty freely um, and go like have keggers and stuff like that. So it could be, yeah. I mean, any number of things, depending on if there's an event or homecoming or, uh, you know, it could be anything. I've been, I've, and I've been looking at uh, the Borgs. Everybody's drinking Borgs now. I mean, back when I was yeah, teenager, Borgs, Borgs came back. <laughs> yeah, I was jumbo juice, but not Borgs. So. Yeah, <laughs> Borgs is basically a, a like a uh, what do you call it? A pitcher of jungle juice that you make yourself and you dump half a bottle a bottle in there pray <laughs> you make it through the night <laughs> so. so have you ever been there when there wasn't the big party and if so how does sound travel in that house Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, not too terribly well. The house is, like, super industrial on the inside. Like, the stairs, I remember they have, like, metal lips on them. And they're just, like, solid. Like, it reminded me of, like, like stairs at, like, church or something. Like, that was, like, the best way I could, like, they were just solid. But, um, the whole house, I mean, it was, it was pretty, pretty solid, pretty sturdy. It didn't... I mean, I, I, I don't know if it's like completely empty and there's nothing else going on. I'm sure 
you know, you could hear something happening, but I, you know, there's just a ton of like variables, I guess, that would kind of play right. into it. If it's like dead quiet, like would kind of think in any house you would hear anything that happened. Got you, got you. Yeah, that was one of the questions I had because I mean, obviously, you know, we know that the outcome of the incident that you know lives were taken and there was a knife being used, and and Dylan, and Dylan according right. to probable cause affidavit, can hear whimpering and, and words, you know, certain words from certain people. So I was wondering how 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 noise traveled there. Um, some other questions I had was um, so the night that you that the night of the incident. Uh, the night that the uh, the students ended up getting caught with an MIP, there was cops in that area. They were appeared to be doing an undercover type of a situation, looking for underage drinkers. Was that a common thing, or was that like um, not a common thing, especially in that area, for them to be deterring away from, you know, young youngsters? No, that's. That, I mean, that's like. They, they do that all the time, and when they do that, that's exactly where they sit. They don't do anything different. It's just whether or not they're going to be, like, dressed up in, like, their uniform and their badge and stuff, or if they're going to be, like, you know, with hoodies and khakis trying to blend in, but obviously standing out, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it, makes, <laughs> it looks obvious. And, um... Yeah. Yeah, so... So it wasn't a, uh... A frequent thing, but when they did do it, it was there. Is that is that correct? Yeah, and they know too. Like like the tail in the spring, you know, um, they start to come out a lot more. Um, you know, the beginning of the fall too, they're out quite a bit. Now, from my understanding, the night before, in that area, including that house, there was a pretty big party around that area. Were you in that area during that time? Oh, the night before Friday night. Yeah, Friday night. Yeah, yeah, it was. And um, cops get called out there, or anything like that? Any loud noise complaints? They did, but it wasn't for us. There was another house that was in the cul-de-sac of oh. the road that I, I apparently they were they were like sitting on the roof or doing something stupid, and and the neighbors up above um, called the cops. And so, like, we were hanging out, and we probably had, you know, I don't know, a couple hundred people out, and we saw the flashlights come up, but they just left us alone. Because gotcha. they, weren't, they weren't there for us, so they didn't really, you know, they don't like to start trouble, I guess. Unless they're trying to start trouble, <laughs> giving kids no, MIPs. I don't know. It's more like, it's a lot of work to have to go through a party and search everybody's IDs, and then give the minors tickets, and then so sometimes they say, oh, we're just going to go to this disturbance, and I didn't see the other one. That's what I think they do because I know one time uh, we threw a party. I know the old friend of ours, mm -hmm. the sheriff, and, and across the street from us, I know these were like ten acre lots that we threw a party at. They called the the, the the sheriff's on us, and you know he came up and and they called the police are here. You know, so everybody everybody were minors because it was a high school party, so we were you know hiding all the beers and stuff like that. And finally, the sheriff came up to the right. house, and it took him like thirty minutes to get to the house. And then it being one of my one of my brother's friends, and be like, "Hey, y'all throwing this party?" He's like, "Yeah." And I go, well, "Y'all keep it down, man." I had to give one ticket because some guy refused to put his seatbelt on, and just I was trying to keep it cool because I knew the house where it was coming from. But you know, I I sent everybody home. 
you know, everybody left for like 30 minutes and then a couple people came back and finished party. But yeah, man, sometimes they don't want to do all that. They just want to have an easy night. And especially in college towns, I'm pretty sure they, uh, they probably do yeah. the same. I mean, you know, I've gone to, uh, when I was in law enforcement, I had to go break up a couple parties. You know, it, sometimes usually when the cops are called, there's usually an incident that needs to be stopped, whether it's a loud noise or a fight or something. Somebody being underage drinking is usually not the main concern unless it's a smaller gathering. If it's a large gathering, then you have other things to worry about. Now, uh, Chief comes in with a 1999 Super Chat. says, Dave, thank you. Uh, he's asking, do the students think that Brian Koberger is the right guy? And I don't know if you know any of this information, but uh, was the dog actually at the house or is that BS? And he's asking if you know Jack D. You don't have to answer uh, the Jack D part. If you do know him or not, that's up to you if you feel comfortable with that. Yeah. Um, as far as the dog goes, I was never there when like those girls moved in with the dog because we had a house that's nearby so well, we would just party at our house that's there yeah. you know um and then like you know sometimes you just like go out and you know run up or whatever um i mean you'd see like a couple dogs running around but i never paid attention to that I, I, I don't know i don't pay attention yeah i guess i don't pay attention to dogs really um yeah. and then what, what was the other what was the rest of the question sorry so the first one was do the students believe that the police got the right guy and as far as Brian Koberger, and are you familiar with Kaylee's ex-boyfriend slash boyfriend Jack Decor? Yeah, no, I've um I've seen Jack a couple of times, like at the bars and stuff, but I've never like talked to him, met him, or you know, been out of my way or anything. Um, gotcha. and yeah, most of us, you know, whenever they said that they got an arrest and they got the guy, um, you know, we were like, hey, they got the guy. Did you see they got the guy? This is the guy. You know, I mean, that's. Yeah, so the, the police, it. we don't believe it. Right. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, I, you know, at the end of the day, when the police come in and, you know, even initially us, you know, police came in, they said they arrested a guy, like they have the information, you know, as things begin to release out there on how maybe perhaps the work of the police department wasn't as superb as we'd all like, you know, more questions started to come out. But even ourselves right off the bat, we're like, yeah. 100% they got the right guy. And so I, I don't expect anything different from that. Um, now, the police alluded to uh, or to everybody in their probable cause affidavit that Brian Koberger was in the area and had been stalking them and things like that. You've never you've never personally seen him or any of your friends ever outside of the guy that says that he may have seen somebody outside in the, in the grass area. Nobody's come forward to you or yourself know have ever seen him before in the area? No, none of us have. Um, you know, we posted the photo in our group chats too, and like asked around, and yeah, none of us ever saw him. Uh, I have an, an, another question, not really Brian Coburg related, but this comes up a lot. Were you familiar with the situation that happened on December 13th with Brent Kopaka at WSU, um, par uh, apartment where SWAT ended up taking his life? Was that something that do you know anything like, would you hear oh, anything yeah. about that? I did hear about that. Yeah. Did you know Brent or yeah, we, we, ever seen We just that? heard it was like, no, no, no. We just heard it was like some dude that was like barricaded suspect, suicide by cop, psycho type guy, right. you know. 
And that's not a guy that you've I mean, ever seen in the same area. Thing. We just talked about that. No, no, no right. idea who that is. No idea who he is either. Um, mm -mm. Yeah, yeah. A lot of folks try to seem to try to put in those two situations together. Um, when it occurred, nobody in town thought that maybe perhaps he was the guy because Brian Koberger hadn't been arrested yet when it happened. Did anybody in town try to connect those dots that he could have been involved in this situation? Not that I specifically remember, but, um, you know, I mean, like, you know, like I said, with like, the skin animals, like, we hear something like that and go, I wonder if that's the guy, you know? I mean, that's pretty much all it kind of ever really went to. Now, with the skinning of the animals, uh, is that something that has happened before and years before? as maybe a prank of some sort or horrible prank from not that we know of and it took like i remember when when we like first or like i guess like us as a group when we first found out about it um somebody like screenshotted something off of facebook and it was like a like a local specific facebook group that somebody had like posted about it but like the cops didn't tell anyone they didn't put out a public notice the city didn't say anything the university didn't say anything the news didn't get anything about it so like that was kind of weird. Um, it was just like on Facebook and like locals kind of only about it. Um, that that was kind of like our best guess is like, well, serial killers kill animals, right? <laughs> so yeah, it's got to be that guy. So and I thought it was, it was like some kind of sorority, kind of or not sorority, uh, you know, initiation for a sorority or a. Not a sorority, no. They wouldn't do or a fraternity like that. type. Fraternity, of... fraternity type of like hazing or no, not not that like not in November. That no, like all all that type of stuff. I mean, we almost every single house gets like their kids initiated within the first month, and if they don't, they do it at like the semester. So okay, gotcha. So all right, and it's not yeah, it's not really something we would go out of our way to do. I guess. Yeah, right. there's some crazy people out there, though. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I would honestly associate it more with, like, some, like, hobo meth head, <laughs> you know? We, we got a couple of those, like, hang around and, you know, they're talking to themselves as they're walking down the streets and crap, but... Yeah. Makes sense, makes sense. And um, and so, I, I know I asked you this, you know, in the other interview before, uh, but people are asking, are you familiar with um, like Joe V from the Grub Truck or Enan Harsh, who lived close to the uh, the residents, who seemed to be like uh, you know have his own parties himself? No, no idea. And like I was telling Lana, like Greek sticks with Greek. Gotcha. Like we don't party with people outside of Greek, and people outside of Greek don't really party with us. Like we like to keep it that way. Right. Understood. Yeah. And that's kind of what I've heard, you know, and that's kind of what, you know, uh, Kim has told us some, something very similar to that as well. But what about intermingling within the different universities? So WSU is not too far away. I know they have their own Greek road. Is there any type of intermingling between the, t the two universities, uh, friendships, things of that nature? Yeah, quite a bit. Um, like, you know, Tinder sends quite a few guys back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Um, you know, they, uh, yeah, you know, uh, they, they have some pretty decent bars and clubs out there, too. Um, they got a new one, like, within the last year or two years. And uh, we, we went out there quite a bit for that one. Um, 
Yeah, they're just kind of like a bigger town-ish, city-ish, kind of. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like a place to go when you don't want to party in Moscow or nothing's happening that weekend in Moscow. Um, so. Right. And so, uh, <clears throat> interesting. Interesting. And, um, Billy, you have any questions? No, I mean, uh, how... how um did they impact the school like for say that this due semester was there not less attendance or the schools worried about finance yeah that's funding that's a good question well we're we're a, we're a land-grant university so like the the state pays us no matter what like we don't need tuition like we're not on our we're not like a private college we're a public land land-grant oh. research facility university if you google it you'll find it yeah, um, but basically what that means is like we get stipends and stuff from the government to subsidize basically the entire college on, I, I'm pretty sure the way it goes is like on the agreement, we do research that benefits the community or the state or, be, you know, whatever it is. Because um, we, we're like a really big, big agriculture school up here. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's, that's where we get the majority of our money. So like, like the university is really not hurting. I mean, it would take the state of Idaho pulling back their like college funding in order for the university to stop so um and i remember like we we got a new president too and whenever we got the new one scott green he uh he held like this uh like town hall meeting and was basically telling like you know U of I will be fine you know like barring you know any like big issue and then covid happened and we're still fine so like if we honestly like if we survived covid i don't think that this is going to be do or die for the college and this year we had like the highest level of um, enrollment and kids signed up for greek in like a while too so like have, i think it was like since my freshman year in 2019 nice so have, have you noticed yeah. a uh, perhaps maybe a law enforcement treat the university differently or students differently things of that nature so that way there wouldn't be a, like a black eye to the university um yeah like the cops showed up for almost every single call on campus no matter what it was anymore like some some stuff camp like like campus security would come up and take care of um Uh but then like the cops showed up to almost everything no matter what and like they they started doing like a lot of patrols and just sitting you know like on certain roads or something like that on campus just waiting and watching for nights you know like tons of different nights Gotcha. After after Brian Koberger's arrest, did you see law enforcement just leave the area, or were they there for a bit afterwards? No, they they still stayed for um, like quite a bit. I mean, mostly like the feds pulled out by the time spring semester came around. Like almost all the feds were gone, and ISP as well for the most part just kind of disappeared. They both like pulled out around the same time. Um, but the university at that point too, they had the, they had the security force that was doing a lot of patrols and Moscow PD was sitting at the house, um, up until probably about a month or two months ago, somewhere in there, maybe three months ago. And then they started to put the security cars there too. So, gotcha. um, yeah. And, and just to clear up some things, like, cause there's some people that are in the chat, like your, your relationship with some of the people in the house was it wasn't very close, right? It was just kind of knew them. Um, you know, a lot of folks are asking questions like, well, do you know anything about Adam and this, that, and that? And I know in our conversation, in our interview, 
I know that you weren't really like 100% like, like in these folks' circle. You kind of knew people that lived around them. Is that accurate? Yeah, yeah. You know, like I said, I mean, you know, you have classes with a couple of them. You see them at philanthropies. You know, I mean, every house ends up, you know, doing a philanthropy where all the houses come up. So, I mean, it's just like, like, like they weren't my friends where I would go out of my way to fix them. Hey, what's the move tonight? You know, um, but they were my friends in the sense of, you know, you'd sit next to them in class if you had class with them or go up to the bar and talk with them for 20, 30 minutes if you happen to see them that Friday night, like that type of friendship. And like we have tons of those, you know, um, a lot of us just know a lot of each other. And like I was saying, it's just like our own little community. Now, I just got a few more questions. I know we're going to only keep you for about 40 minutes. And we're at 48. Uh, the next. No, you're fine. You're fine. Awesome. Awesome. So my questions are like, so 911 wasn't called. Sorority was called first. Is that common practice? I mean, I, you know, let's take out the situation at hand. If there's an incident or somebody gets injured, or somebody falls down the wrong way and hits their head. What is the unwritten or written rules amongst sororities and fraternities when it comes to notifying law enforcement and first responders? Um, mo most of my experiences with dealing with like people that are too drunk to take care of themselves. Um, and I've seen both. I've seen people get dropped back off at their houses for their house bombs to take care of them. Um, and I've also seen people like also get taken directly to the hospital before. Gotcha. So, but that's like, so I have seen that a little bit and you know, there is that, you know, we do know about the immunity thing, but it only works with one person. So if I show up to the hospital with, you know, this person that's drunk and incapacitated, but I have two or three friends with me, the immunity law only covers me, the driver. It doesn't cover my friends to help me. So oh, it's, wow, it's kind of like a, yeah, yeah. So we, like sometime, and, and I'm not saying like we specifically have done this. I'm saying like we in Greek life, like we sometimes do one or the other depending on who's got what interpretation of like the situation what happened you know i i, I don't know I've, I've seen both got you um have you ever heard the term house mom yeah yeah every sorority has a house mom what is a house mom uh basically like a I mean, most of the time they're former alumni. I haven't heard of a house mom that isn't, but they're hired to basically live in the house, manage the house, make sure the girls aren't, you know, drinking or partying there, not doing drugs or nothing, inviting boys over, you know, making sure they abide by quiet hours, you know, that type of stuff. Um, they basically like run run the whole house, on, like above like the girls' seaboard. Got you, got you. And um, so, just just for like specific clarification, if. If somebody were to have gotten into a fight or gotten uh, injured in some way, maybe they were roughhousing and hurt themselves, was it common practice not to call police specifically? Um, I mean, it really depends on what happens. You know, I mean, like we've dealt with fist fights and didn't have to call the cops because it's just a fist fight and nobody died, you know? Um, yeah. But there's there was also like an incident last semester that happened where you know there was a party at a frat house and they had like they built like a structure like a catwalk structure, 
And, you know, I mean, it wasn't like approved or, you know, no engineer, no architect, nothing like that. And it ended up collapsing and hurting a bunch of kids. And, you know, they had to, like, lifelike kids for that. And the cops definitely came. So it's like, I mean, it, it just it really just depends, you know. Um, I, I would see the way I would, like, look at it personally is, like, if you had good intentions, like, you didn't do something bad, then you would probably feel okay calling the cops, you know? Right. But, like, we don't, you, you know, like, and in that circumstance, we're not going to call the cops on our own brothers that got into a fist fight when there's 20 of us there that can break it up and take care of it, right? Right. Right. So what if it's, like, an ongoing situation, like, somebody just kind of, you know, fighting? Well, so the, house, the house mom's somebody. not going to, yeah, like, the house mom's not going to, like, come out of the house and go to a party and, like, go do something. Like, that doesn't ever happen. Yeah. Understood, understood. And so, because, yeah, you know, one of the things that bothers us, and, and I know it bothers you because you, you, you mentioned it as well, was, you know, how was it that mm -hmm. yourself and some of the other students were aware of this prior to, you know, authorities, you know, and, you know, I'm trying to figure out or connect those dots. Is there like this unwritten rule, like don't call the cops, things like that? I would assume something to that severity that cops would have been called right away. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I thought about that too. Like, personally, I would probably call my mom first. Uh -huh. Just, just a pure panic and freaking out. But I know for a fact she would have told me, like, get the hell off the phone and call the cops and then call me right back. You know what I mean? So, right. like, I, like, any kind of, like, rational, I guess, reason I come up with, it always ends up with you calling the cops, not waiting for three hours. And, like, I, I, would more so think that they're not going to call their house mom right off the bat because the house mom's like an authoritarian figure. You know what I mean? Like the house mom can get you kicked out of the house. They can put you up for refuse, stuff like that. So if something like, like, like bad happened, they're not gonna, you know, call somebody that they know could get them in trouble. I would, I would say. Right. Right. And so like, that's what I think happened is how we found out is they ended up calling the sisters or talking to some sort of sisters first because the sisters were the ones that ended up talking. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's and, one of those telling things everybody I just, else. And I can't fathom the, the time frame, you know, the three hours, two hours, whatever it could have been. That's a long, yeah. long time for. for and, and I'm not, you know, I'm not saying this to accuse anybody of anything or saying, you know, this happened because of X, Y, or Z. I'm just saying, like, this happened in general and it doesn't line up just with, like, right. I guess, like, the story or what we've been told or what actually happened, you know? Now, there's been a lot of rumors and speculation that there's there was possibly drugs in and out of that house. Compared to most houses in that uh, that are fraternity, sorority, whatever, in both towns, to your knowledge, do you think it was more or less than any of the other houses that partied as well? Or was it about the same? Um, I mean, it... And if you don't want to, it, it depends, I guess. Like, if you're comparing them to like other houses, I mean, other house, some houses on that street are completely clean of hard drugs, and some of them you can find them in every room. Some of them only one or two guys does it out of you know the house of you know six, seven dudes, right? Um, right. but it, it like so it just it just kind of depends. Um, like, I the only thing I know from my experience is that like they have been there right right and 
Yeah, no, I understand that. Um, and we have a question here, 499 Super Chat from Anarchy. Um, and this is completely speculation, but given the tight time frame, do students and locals think that BK was the only person or do they think somebody else helped? Like, y'all haven't heard any rumors of there being multiple uh, actors or anything like that when it came to this case from the local area? No, no, we haven't heard anything ever, ever since we caught the guy. We just stopped talking about it. Got you. So it just kind of seems like he got caught and then life kind of went back to normal, so to speak. Yeah, uh, try to, you know, I mean, they, like the university still like let people like take like online classes for or, like go online for in-person class. Like if you wanted to um, stuff like that, but people, you know, kind of wrote up the, the spring online or, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, for the rest of us, yeah, we just tried to kind of get back to normal, you know, I mean, there was a ton more kids like walking around on campus and, um, you know, like the parties were back, the listed parties were back. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, it was kind of like slow, but it kind of started to come back and then, you know, it was just kind of in full swing for quite a bit. Let's say like right around spring break before spring break. Mm-hmm. Kind of like in March is whenever it really started to like pick up like January, February were pretty quiet March. It, picked up pretty big and then been pretty strong since then. Nice. That's good to know. That's good to know. That's good. I mean, at the end of the day, like you have to be vigilant, you know, and, and be careful about your surroundings, you know, practice good, you know, safe rules like locking your doors and things of that nature. But at the end of the day, you guys are young, young adults that should live your lives. And, um, you know, these things that, that are terrible that happen, they shouldn't, but it's it's just it's just a sad situation all around. Um, Big Lee, you got anything? Yeah, I just wanted to say um, thank you, everybody, for coming on. Thank you, Dave, for coming on. Um, you know, thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for, for you know letting us know some of the details that we were all wondering. So thank you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, like yeah. I said, there's Thanks, uh, we didn't want to have me and listening to me again. Yeah, yeah, we'll be we'll be in communication. We'll be talking, and if anything comes up, I'll, I'll make sure to ask you, and um, we'll go forward from there. But I want to thank you so much, and, and and say that we've had a lot of tremendous support from the chat and people from have that have come forward. Of course, there's going to be some folks that are um, closed-minded or whatever, uh, but for the most part, it's been very positive, and you know everybody here thinks that you're doing, you know. That you're a very brave person for coming forward. Thank you so much. And so, yeah, um, I, I appreciate it. I do. Thank you. No problem. No problem. We'll talk to you later, Dave. Thank you so much for joining. All right. You guys take care. You too. Take, take care. Guys. All right. So, that was Dave, University of Idaho student, uh, fraternity student, who I have made sure to, you know, I've done the vetting as much as I possibly can. You know, without knowing some of the information or the evidence that's out there personally, you can only vet so much. So what I could vet was that he is a student at the University of Idaho. He is a fraternity student there, and he does reside very close to the uh, the 1122 King Road residence. I know there's a lot of questions in the chat about, you know, fights or this or that in Sigma Chi. Um, he wasn't aware of it. He was not a part of Sigma Chi. So those things kind of keep, you know, close to the chest, so to speak. And, um, yeah, so blue, what, what are you, you know, you've seen the, the longer video that I've had with him, the interview, um, 
you find, well, what do you think about his credibility? You find him to be credible? Yeah, I find him to be very credible, you know. Um, he, he wants to come out, uh, let some of the truth out, and uh, make people aware of what's, what was happening there, because like most communities, you know, some of that stuff gets lost in, in, in translation sometimes. Yeah, 100%, 100%. And, you know, when it comes to this case here, you know, it's not about like, um, you know, Dave doesn't want to come out here just to come out here and talk. You know, he felt the need to talk because there were certain things that Kim had mentioned. And one of the things that she mentioned was like, how did my daughter know before the incident was released to the, to the police department? And it got to him thinking about it. And he was like, how did we know, you know? We we look at certain people and we think of like we put ourselves in their position, right? And and we cannot fathom how things are going in their position, if that makes sense. And so sometimes when you're put in a in a situation, um, you know, and this goes all the way back to the girls who didn't call nine one one initially. You know, um, fight or flight is real and mistakes were made. I don't know why they waited three hours, four hours, whatever it could have been, you know, to call 911. You know, that's something only, you know, only those girls can answer. You know what I'm saying? Even even the people that they may have told about the situation, they don't know why they didn't call 911 right away. Only only the people who didn't call 911 know. Does that make sense, Blue? Yeah. yeah. And so, um, Oh, <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's all good. If you're watching, you're good, man. I'll I'll text you here after the show. Um, we have a few things that have come out. We'll be talking about those uh, a little bit more in detail probably Wednesday night, uh, referencing these new documents that have come out about what the defense has brought over to Koberger. But for the most part, um, I want to go through them and read them and understand them before I just do like a, a read through or so such and such. Let's see. Um, I'll go through some of these comments. The fact that he's not saying anything new makes me tend to believe him. He can tell you the truth. The story doesn't change. Right. Yeah. That's one thing also that I've noticed that his story doesn't change. He's been very honest, very open about certain things. And like I said, he's, I've been able to bet who he is. And I know to some of you that's not enough. And unfortunately, it's not going to be enough for you. You know, I'm not going to dox him. I know some people have asked. We interview him. We talk to him. Mike. He didn't. Mike. Oh, there he goes. Oh, some people have asked me, like, "Hey, can we interview him? You know, we want to talk to him." Other creators, you know, truth and transparency didn't send him my way. I I didn't send him that way. He reached out to to us individually, and it just so happened that um, we know each other, us and truth and transparency, and we were able to correlate certain things and. You know, I wanted certain creators to go through some of the uh, the interview because I wasn't sure how long it was going to be for Dave to come forward. And, you know, to watch that interview and, and also give them an opinion on it, whether or not he was credible, telling the truth, and he was who he said he was. You know, at the end of the day, I didn't want it to be a situation where it was just our words saying that there was, a, you know, a student that came forward and this is what he said. You know what I mean? I wanted to make sure that it went through multiple avenues, multiple people that I that I know fairly well, that I trust, wouldn't gonna, 
disclose anything as far as, you know, doxing him, uh, you know, to read and go, listen to the interview and, and, and to have an opinion based on that. And <laughs> I don't know if y'all heard that that was little Rosie crying. I think she's hungry. <laughs> I heard a little wham. Um, but, you know, I want to say thank you to everybody in the live chat. I know there's still 2,700 of you guys here. Thank you so much. Yeah. Not subscribe. You. Please subscribe. We just hit 37K. We're, we're aiming for 40. We're aiming for 50. Uh, Blue, do you drink this anytime this week, Wednesday or Friday? Uh, it should be off Wednesday and Friday. I'm off. Because we still need it. We still owe these people a uh, shotgun beer <laughs> that we need to do live. I need to go look up how to do them. It's been such a long time since I've done one. I'm going to be like you all full of beer everywhere. Uh, I was gonna say put a towel down because it gets messy. You, you, you always spill when you do a shotgun. You always spill a little bit because you gotta pop the can. But yeah. my thing was the thing got stuck and it just kept leaking everywhere. Oh. So, what do you think about the situation? So I asked him about the layout of the house and you know somebody having to walk through there. I think that was pretty telling. He says that 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 door there leading up to the stairway where Dylan's room is at for the longest time he thought that that was a closet you think that's a reason why coburger passed by it so many times thank you so much star sorcerer and also thank you um sky bro we appreciate every one of you guys yeah i mean if, if it looked like a closet then the stairs are there leading up to more rooms then uh, if you're in a hurry you can mistake it as a closet man right you know that was one thing i wanted to ask i wanted to ask him how if it was easy to navigate through that house, you know, knowing that he had been in that house before. And you think that, so there's rumors, right? Rumors, speculation that he may have taken an ID from the house. You know, a lot of people are thinking that maybe perhaps he's been in that house before. Got to lay out of the house, things like that. Do you think do you find that more plausible now? Or do you think that maybe perhaps during the scrummage, during the incident, that he somehow found that ID and took it? I think it's more plausible that he found it during his, like, if he was the one, um, you know, during the attack. Because, like, most people, when they go out, man, they, I, I like to carry cash and my IDs. I don't even take my wallet sometimes. I'm always right. a, more afraid either I'm going to lose my wallet or... I'm gonna get mugged. <laughs> yeah, that's some true. of the bars I go to are not the not the best bars, you know. I, I I like trying different bars, going downtown. I walk the streets of San Antonio in the middle of the night, you know, two or three in the morning, trying to make it back to the parking lots or the hotels. And and the DB pretty, driver. Yeah. The designate. I mean, the uh, the Uber driver. I, I don't drive most of the time, so. Somebody else has to be the never, car. never, Blue. You never drive. Are you not going to incriminate yeah. yourself on the show? You never drive. <laughs> I never drive. That's right. <laughs> Kim B W I says, "Bear with me. I'm learning how to use YouTube thanks to my daughter." <laughs> Appreciate your deep dive into this and having Dave on. Appreciate you guys. Do we know the main drugs that were there? Um, from my understanding, it was uh, a there was a few types of drugs, but I think the only one that I can remember was one that isn't legal anywhere. I'll leave it at that. Um, it's not something that you can go buy at the dispensary across state lines, from my understanding. And unless, so. you, unless you live in Canada and Montreal, I think I saw a guy got arrested because he 
opened a dispensary and sold illegal drugs to people out of the right. little trailer, but he got arrested. A true Crime Cafe with Dago says, absolutely great show as always. Respect you. Thank you so much. We respect you as well, Dago. If you're not you know, checking him out, you need to go check him out as well. Like, so, what, you know, we went through the, you know, just kind of backtracking things. Why do you, man, I don't understand why the police didn't go interview those guys that they had stopped out there with the night of the incident. I mean, if you look at that one kid that they stopped out with, right? Yeah. The one that had uh, that was of age. He had bushy ass eyebrows. Like, if that's the only thing that you know is that this guy has bushy eyebrows, and you have a guy that you pulled over in the vicinity with bushy eyebrows, don't you think you can at least go talk to the guy? Yeah, I think they, they probably should have. Um, because what if they saw the car passing by earlier? Like, if it would have been a drive run, and like, oh, yeah, I didn't notice the car, but who knows. I mean, it, it's just insane that some of this work that has gone through, even that, like the canvassing, you know, I'm not going to disclose where he lived, but um, you could see the victim's house. Now, you can see the victim's house from a lot of different areas, right? And I can say that it was probably somewhat, um, I mean, the grass, you can also see the grassy area from this person's house. And I'll leave it at that. It was that close with so many people that go through that area. You know, people walk through there. Like, if you're going to stalk that individual house, you have a couple of different vantage points. You can do it very close from the side. But, you know, people go in into that apartment complex. Uh, you would be spotted, and if you're out of that area, it'd be kind of common for you not to be there. Well, into drive behind it, you know, you can park up there, but it's kind of the same situation. Those are like, you know, close-knit residential areas where there's no there's no reason for you to be parked out there. You could stick out. Now, that field across the street, right, where those kids ended up getting pulled over and talked to, you can park there and and I don't think it would be out of the uh, ordinary, especially if you're like pretending to be a jogger or a walker in that area or even just sitting in that field. So my thing is, why not why not extend the parameters of your search north of Taylor? Now, if you go and look at what they were looking at, right, uh, as far as the police department goes, when they looked at the map and they were saying, hey, we want video surveillance from this area, from this street south, west, east, and that street, north of Palustra. It stops right there at that field. South of that field is where that barrier was. I don't understand why they wouldn't go on the other street north of that field where people would park, people could walk, and it wouldn't be uncommon for people that don't live in that area to park there. I would have assumed that that would have been the first place you canvas and you get, you know, video recordings from weeks from before the incident to see if there's a pattern of somebody parking in that area that shouldn't be. Let's see. Let's go through some of these real quick. You had that one. Great show. Thanks for respecting Dave. Congrats. Thank you so much, Josie Weaver. And we had another one that's my heart breaks for these kids. I feel so deeply they aren't at rest. Something is so very wrong. Right. No, 100 percent, 100 percent. And and there's one thing like, you know, I want to emphasize when it comes to Dave. He's he doesn't know anything as far as the rumors that happened that night in that house. He doesn't know if it's Brian Koberger or not. 
He doesn't know if there was multiple people in there or not. Like Kim, Kim has, according to her daughter, has stated that there was, you know, somebody seen inside the house, things like that. He's not aware of any of those things. Those things weren't communicated to him via those those text messages. When it gets, oh wow, we're that close to a thousand. Please, guys, hit that hit that like button seventeen more times. You know, thank you, guys. He wasn't privileged to those things. Like that wasn't what was coming out. What was coming out was the rumors about what had occurred, right? And that that it was at that house. Who was attacked at that house, or what? Not or who passed at that house wasn't wasn't brought up yet, right? Uh, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> you gonna take your shorts off, Blue? I mean, fortunately, the camera's above from the shoulders up. Uh, they already are off, but uh, never mind. <laughs> yeah they don't blue gets crazy y'all blue gets crazy my boy and so you know just kind of going back to that I, I just felt like there was more questions to be answered or asked versus the same stuff that we already knew and i felt that especially you know the layout of the house hearing what the sounds go through and things like that i thought that was important but you know, we're over an hour already. Big Blue, you got any final words before we let everybody go? You know, I just want to say, um, y'all be safe out there. Take care. Uh, there's a lot of crazy people out in this world. Thank you, everybody who's on there. Uh, if you're not a subs, you know, if you can just sub. We're trying to get up there. We're trying to, I don't know, 40 sounds pretty cool to me. So, you know, maybe we hit 40, I'll, I'll, I'll try a different shotgun mechanism i'm kind of already looking at something to order there's some pretty cool ones out there man I, I'm, I'm gonna try to get a few of them to try them out on the show every once in a while there you go blue butterfly uh says daniel will there be a part two i mean we may bring him back we've talked to him a little bit he's kind of he's been you know he kind of wants to maybe perhaps just you know step back a little bit from when i was talking to him earlier you know, his intention wasn't to come out here and talk ever so often or be on multiple channels or things of that nature. And so, you know, um, he may. Um, I know that me and him are going to stay in communication and talk about certain things. And when questions come up or, or, or things come up, we'll, we'll definitely spread those things on. Uh, but thank you. Thank you for your question. And so, but yeah, now for me, I mean, there's just so many questions that are out there. Um in this case, I mean, the biggest one right now for me is what the hell happened or why did what or why did it take so long for the police to get called? <laughs> I meant shirt, but shorts are fine too. <laughs> oh man. Well, big blue before you get us, um, <laughs> demonetized. I think that's our cue. Uh, you guys have a safe night. We'll be back on Wednesday night. With that being said, peace out, y'all. We'll see you then. Yeah, take care, guys. Oh, we hit the thousand likes. Look at that. Check it out. Yeah. Hey. Thanks, man. Thanks. We appreciate all y'all. Yeah, thank you, guys. Uh, FYI, 